Alright everyone, welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am the Guardian of Metal this episode, Andrew, with me, our King of Butt Rock, Keith, oh, hello. and our Queen of Pop, Liz. Hey guys. So and this is like opposites then, you're picking our opposite music. What? <laughs> I mean, no, you like pop music, don't, don't deny it. <laughs> I don't like butt rock. But this week was a listener pick, so thank you so much, Joe, for recommending this game, because uh, I absolutely love this game. Uh, this week we played Brutal Legends from Double Fine Studios, which is another studio that Microsoft recently purchased. Double Fine Studios originally is generally pretty known for point-and-click adventure games. Their original catalog consists of Day of the Tentacle, Grim Fantago, uh, Full Throttle, but they have done some platformer games, some puzzle games. I What I love about Double Fine Studios, I think the games they do have a lot of humor, but most importantly, they have a ton of character. I don't think they've ever done a sequel. And so all their games are just incredibly original. They're very diverse, but they're always something you expect to be really funny, to be really well, like great art style, great characters, great story. And Brutal Legends is no different. So going around... Keith, I'm going to have you start. Was this a game or pass for you? So when I started playing this, I kind of couldn't, I don't want to say couldn't figure it out, but it didn't have much of an identity. It was just kind of a clunky fighter. But as I get more and more into the game and it builds on itself, it is so truly unique and really wildly fun. Even if it is still a bit of a clunky fighter at times, it's not meant to be, but it's great. It's, it's definitely a game for me. I was really confused when I started playing it because I was the name itself. I'm thinking guts and gore, and then it's very musical at the beginning. And I'm like, is this more like a wander song thing where I'm like hitting a button for a certain chord? And I was I didn't know what to expect of the game, and I started playing it. And although I think the gameplay ended up getting a tiny bit tiring for me overall, I think the game, I, like you guys said, it's unique. It's fun. It's funny. Like, I think that the writing and the facial expressions, like, that is what, like, really kept me going the most. Yes. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to make this quick because I have a lot of thoughts. But Keith, you nailed it on the head. I, this for me, this is a must play. I absolutely love Brutal Legends. Don't get me wrong. It's aged a bit. And I know a lot of people who probably haven't heard of it or seen a three, it's a 360 game. So I know some people are kind of like, oh, it's old. It's probably clunky. Not that great. I think this game, it does show its age a little bit, but I think it ages really well. This game, it it totally could have gone both ways. It could have been something so like awful and just not done well, but they nailed it. I think they nailed the atmosphere, the characters, everything. This is a fantastic game because it's, a game about music, but it's not a music game, which is something really hard to kind of do. The only time I could ever think of like a game that's based off music, but isn't like a guitar hero. is like Def Jam Records Wrestling. I don't know if you remember that, Keith, but that was like original PlayStation or like original Xbox. It was a very old game. It sounds familiar, but I think Liz kind of hit it on the head. I mean, Wander Song was actually a song, a game kind of like that. Oh, that sure, is true. Sure, it was definitely a, a bit more musically driven, but... I think that was a perfect example of the type of game. Yeah, but I highly recommend Brutal Legends. Check it out. See, hearing you say that about how it's a little bit dated, I think it's good for being a 360, but imagine if they made it now. Like, I think it would be epic. Like, I desperately want it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I I really want to jump right into this and get into this. First thing, of course, as we normally start, what did you guys think of the story? So I didn't, you know me, I don't I don't love or care for it, but it, it was interesting enough and I followed along with it and I paid attention to what was going on. It's, it's fair. It, it's just, it's not mind blowing, I guess, which I think is high praises for me. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, that actually is true. And like Keith, Keith talk, that's like gold star right there. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> that's like just a tier below Operencia, I think. <laughs> I found the story really interesting, but for me, it was all about the characters. I mean, you, the people that they got for this game and the music that they got for this game, I just think Jack Black was just perfect. For me, it was definitely like more character-based, my interest. And then 
there was the one like rock guy that kind of had like a, a David Bowie like vibe. He was, like the bad guy. Yeah. And I just <laughs> I just love the facial expressions. I can't get over it. But the story itself, it, it kept me going. I, I think maybe like I, I needed a bit more to like really, really truly get invested. But I, I liked it. So I think the story is actually good. It's not like something that I don't know, you're going to be, like, talking about forever. But it wasn't... The characters and the acting, as you guys say, like, the voice acting is top-notch. So this is a game that's very much just like, oh, it's about a guy traveling to a world based off of, you know, metal music. Which, on paper, is probably like, like, how do you create a story for that? But this game's very much kind of like, I don't know, honestly, like the never-ending story. Where, you know, you play Jack Black's character, Eddie Riggs, who's the ultimate roadie. He can build anything. He loves rock music. And I just love, like, the intro of it where this metal band that he works for, you know, keeps talking about how, you know, they're hardcore, they're metal. But then as soon as they start playing, it's, like, part rap, part pop music. Oh, that was and it's, like, this me weird up. amalgamation of music. Yeah. And he's just like, this is awful. And he ends up dying and gets transported to this world of brutal metal just like that, just the overall concept of the game is just, it's buck wild. But I like that they kept incorporating the stuff from the beginning. So yeah. we were talking about the, him being a roadie. And then later on, there's these invisible guys, the, the speakers. Yeah. And he kind of was talking about how they're like the invisible guys, but they're the ones like saving the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I loved about this game, too. It's just like with, the, with its story, it very much was... It's all about the whole band. It's not like, oh, we need to just support the lead singer kind of thing, which, you know, they obviously do with the king that they have, Lars. But it just keeps talking about – it just does so well incorporating the whole band and the whole show. The headbangers. Everyone's together. Yeah, even the fans are a great role. And it's – I think they just nailed the story. For as simple as it kind of is – they do such a good job with it. And then to get more people, you have to... This is like during the combat. You have to build the t-shirt stands. And then you can recruit more people. So I felt like even with the fighting, they incorporated the music element. Yeah. One of my favorite things of the story, right at the beginning, anytime you there's a game or a movie where you get transported to a magical world, overall the story for... Um, that movie or game is always, oh, the hero wants to get back home, wants to, you know, live their life and get back to their family. I like right at the beginning, Eddie is just like, nah, I'm good. This world's better. I don't want to go back home. <laughs> I was going to ask is, I mean, was this man a serial killer before he died? I mean, he picks up an axe and he gets way too <laughs> excited about just murdering very humanoid creatures too. It's not like it's, you know, some monstrosity that he fights right off the get go. It was a, it was a person. Like- he has pent up anger from his <laughs> life as a, as a roadie. <laughs> well, the, the people were clearly demons. He very much was like, these are demons. You're bad. I'm going to kill you. I don't know. He was a little too excited. I always, <laughs> I, I was going to say too, I always get so nervous when they like focus a game on like, hey, it's, we built it to be this character. Like I just thought it was just going to be, hey, here's a series of Jack Black jokes for 10 to 14 hours. And I was very concerned. And in some ways, it is 10 to 14 hours of a lot of Jack Black jokes, but they fit so well. And and like you said, he's the perfect character for it. You know, School of Rock, he is a music guy. I mean, honestly, in a lot of ways, it, doesn't it kind of follow, I don't want to say the same storyline, but Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny? Don't they get transported to like hell and fight their way out through music or something like that? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, so to kind of give a quick reference, uh, this game came back in 2009. So... At this time, this was like peak Tenacious D. And and yeah, so it very much kind of, yeah, like it does kind of follow the story of like Tenacious D. Yeah, I can transport to another world and kind of fight their way through. Yeah, because you said um, the other guy from Tenacious D is in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Blatt's, yeah, co-host or co-artist. Uh, I forget his name, but yeah, he's he's a side character in the game. And I think that's what's so amazing, too. Like I said, this game could have just really just been kind of done half-assed and just not done well. But I think the voice acting is done so well. Even Jack Black. You can tell Jack Black really had a lot of fun with this. He does a great job performing. But what actually surprised him the most, well, overall, the voice acting cast is really impressive. You know, you have Ozzy Osbourne. You have the bassist from Motorhead is one of the characters. You have, uh, I think, the singer from Judas Priest. 
Um, the Runaways. Yeah, you have the amazing um, Tim, Curry. Tim Curry as the main bad guy. Which they doctored his voice, which yeah, I thought was bit. weird because at first I didn't recognize his voice. Yeah, and but his, you hear his laugh. But his voice is so iconic. It is. That I understand why they picked the voice that they did. But at the same time, it's just like, man, use his voice. Yeah. But what's impressive is just I think everyone did a phenomenal job. And it's surprising, too, because... This is 2009, so like Ozzy Osbourne, this was kind of the time the Osbournes was on TV. Even watching Ozzy Osbourne on the Osbournes, he just sounds like he's just, like his mind's gone. He's just so monotone. But he, I felt like he actually did a solid job even on this. Well, you might, I think you, you grazed over it. Tim Curry is the voice of Diviculous. No, we, we were just talking about that, Keith. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just ignore that. Let's just, just talk about was... how his voice is doctored. Oh, never mind. I was looking at IMDb to see if there was anybody I didn't know about. Sorry. Ignore that. <laughs> not paying attention. Which, this is kind of random and off topic, but I was playing... I've seen Jack Black in so many things, but I looked at his Instagram, and he's as, like... He puts so much into his Instagram little videos and stuff that I was, like, showing Andrew. I was like, look what else Jack Black has done. <laughs> and I started following him on Instagram. But I just think whatever he does, I feel like he always gives 110%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he even has a gaming channel now, too, so... Oh, yeah. Which I think is really cool, because I always wonder, like, how many people who switch to video games are doing it for the money, for... I mean, it is, like... I mean, they might just be branching out, but how many people actually play the video games? Because there's some actors who do video games, I'm just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's very I true. I can't picture you sitting on the couch with some, like, nachos yeah. playing video games. Oh, and I feel like you can generally feel that in the performance. Like, I feel like people who actually play video games, like, know how to do a better job voice acting them. Because, yeah, there's definitely times where you play a game, and it's like, yeah, you're definitely just there for a paycheck. Like, you're not, you're not really performing. You're just there to be for paycheck. But, oh, I feel like everyone actually did a solid performance with it. Um, Which I think, too, I want to mention that in the gameplay, you start getting solos that you can play. So there's one that melts people's faces. So if you're, like, just surrounded by enemies, you can do that, which I think is really cool. But I was wondering how you guys felt about, um, was there, like, a delay for your buttons, you felt like? No. Not really. You're definitely playing on a TV with a lag input. No, it didn't. It didn't happen for you. But I remember another game that we played that it, it happened that with a 360 um, game, there was like a delay with the buttons, and I didn't experience it this time. Uh, I thought it actually flowed really good from like 360 to to this. Yeah. I remember we were talking about that. What game was that? Uh, I know we talked about it with Man and Madan. Yeah, but that was that wasn't a 360 game. Yeah, but I didn't. I definitely didn't find any issue with it. There was like once or twice, maybe it like disconnected me from however it runs a 360 game and I lost a little bit of progress. That was kind of annoying, but largely, no, it, it ran well for what it was. My game crashed once. <clears throat> I didn't lose much, but I was I heard that, that noise and you you know, you're like, it's done. Yeah. But uh, I want to get into the gameplay now. So this is kind of something that really surprised me. I remember the first time I played this, I played this back in the day when it was on 360 and a 360. I think I got it for like Games for Gold. Um, but the gameplay for me was really surprising because at first, as like you were saying, Keith, at the beginning, it seemed very generic, like a very generic third person action pseudo RPG type of game where you're just kind of going around hacking and slashing bad guys. But then the gameplay just like complete, completely flips. You start having more vehicle combat. The world starts to open up and then the game actually ends up becoming a real-time strategy game where you're, you know, building defensive positions and you're you're capturing resources and you're building an army and you're sending your troops to certain parts of the map. I was I was really surprised on this gameplay. Yeah, cuz you actually mentioned Twisted Metal when I was playing cuz you knew that I used to play that. Yeah. And you were like, "Oh yeah, like you can it can kind of be like Twisted Metal, which I really liked." I guess I can kind of see that. Honestly, what I was kind of feeling like more was uh, Shadows of Mordor, where like as you start to unlock more characters, as you start to pro- or kind of roam around the different armies of your of of your side and the other team or in the enemy side that you just see wandering around starts to change and evolve. And I I don't know. I so I thought that was really cool. But I agree. Yeah, like the game as you get into it, you go. It, it really just becomes something entirely different. But it always has. It holds its own sense of it. 
uh, where it's just it it is still that action slasher along the way. But yeah, it's I don't know, it's just a truly unique experience, and that was where I really shifted on this game. Yeah. So I will say for me, I did not care for the the actual combat, the hack and slash combat. When you do the real-time strategy combat, you can actually fly in the air and you can make a marker, send your troops, have your troops come back, send them to defend a location, have them follow you, like kind of simple uh, commands. But when it actually came to like on-the-ground fighting, I thought it was just very basic. You do have a dodge, you do have a block, but it never felt worth doing because it's generally a battlefield. There's a bunch of enemies. You don't know, depending who you're fighting against, there's like three different races some of them, you could end up going against, like, your similar race of people. Like, if you're going against the humans, they just have kind of a slight color change. So you can kind of lose who's your ally, who's your enemy. And it ends up being kind of an amalgamation of just random troops. And it's kind of hard to figure out who's good and who's bad. See, I agree with you. I think the biggest difficulty for me was I had trouble remembering how to get all of my people to go in one direction. Because, like, you know, there's certain things, like, if you hit Y and the people are around you, like, I kept forgetting how to do everybody. And when you run around, I'm just like, I don't feel like looking it up. <laughs> so I would just, like, do it individually, like, fly up and get a group. Yeah, I mean, I myself, I just, I pretty much just always used the all attack all the time. Like, just everybody yeah. who's near me, just go attack that area and destroy. There were also combos that you could unlock, too. Like, AAX. And yeah, but it, I still didn't feel like it spiced up the combat at all. No, it's still... I. I think what it lacked for me was sort of like an actual experience bar. And I know that feels really silly, but if I felt like I was getting more for it and I was like, I don't know, if I could improve those individual skills rather than just unlocking them, because I agree, they didn't really do much and I still just hacked my way through it. Also, yeah. I largely would just lock on and mash the the guitar because it was an in, or, you know, 100% hit. So it was pretty easy and powerful. Yeah, I like you have your basic melee axe, and then you have yeah you have a guitar named Clementine, and it's essentially your ranged weapon where you can call lightning or call fire, but obviously if you overuse it, the guitar starts to get hot and you have to let it cool down. But yeah, you do have these different attacks and stuff. But overall, it was just kind of butt mashing. And See, I thought that they tried because they did have it so that you could put people on your shoulders or you jump on them and you become invisible yeah. with the car. You ended up shooting things from your car or like flames would come from the side. I think they tried. I think for me, it was kind of the choppiness of the game where you could definitely explore and there's side quests and stuff. But I just felt like I would like do a mission and then I'd be interrupted and then I'd fight and then right away I'd be interrupted. And then I also got kind of... Not confused, but when I was driving around, there's a lot of things that, I mean, if there's like a dragon, if you want to chain it, you you get something. Like, there's a lot of different things like that. Yeah, a lot and, of little collectibles. Yeah, and I had trouble understanding what was a collectible and what wasn't, especially like from like far away or when you're driving, you're paying attention to where you're going. The flowers were really easy to distinguish. But a lot of things just looked really dark, and so I'd go up on, like, a purple light and be like, oh, this looks like it's something, and then it's not. So for me, I just, like, I didn't know when to stop, so Andrew's like, oh my gosh, it's taking you forever to get around, and I'm like, but I'm trying to find stuff. Because I wanted to increase my health at one point, you have to unlock a certain amount of dragons. Yeah, so that actually brings up a good point. What did you think of the tutorial? Uh, so I ended up looking up how to do both those and the other one where it's, like, something about, something about you need to be freed or something. Or you've got a story to tell, uh, which I think was the Legends, one of the other collectibles. I just looked it up because I couldn't figure out, and it was super simple. But I didn't feel like, like I don't know, the way he hints at it doesn't give you any indication of what you're really supposed to do. Yeah. But as far as the overall tutorial, the game is pretty simple outside of, honestly, the real-time strategy aspect of it. But even that is... A pretty simplified version of it, which is pretty nice. So, I don't know. I didn't think it was a bad tutorial. And did they pause the game, too? Yes. Which I really appreciated. I hate when, like, they have wording popping up at me telling me what to do in the middle of combat because I'm learning something new. And I'm like, okay, well, let me get annihilated while I try to read this. <laughs> so, I really appreciated that because I can't really, like, read and fight at the same time. Yeah, I think the tutorial of the game overall is, is pretty good. But I do think it is very odd that they don't tell you about the collectibles. 
Like, as Keith was saying, yeah, you could go up to him and Jack Black will say something like, oh, this guy wants to be freed. But you have to get out of your car. Yeah. You have to get out of your car and go up to him and interact it. So even if you, like, you, or you could just wander around on your feet, this open world, trying to see what's a collectible like Liz is saying. So I thought it was just odd that they didn't have a tutorial for that. Like, hey, these are the dragons. You do your fire to unlock them. Oh, these are the lore. You know, you do your earth shaker to unlock them. They don't explain that. But luckily for me, like I said, I played this game. So I was at least ex- able to explain it to Liz. Yeah, and I, I wish that there was more incentive to walk around and stuff. Like, if you could get, like, a, a new weapon or something or, like, get parts for a new weapon. So for me, it's just, like, the exploration, it was just kind of like you're getting these collectibles that, are, I mean, they're nice, especially, like, when you get, like, songs and stuff. And you can actually skip through different songs, which is really cool, or go to the menu, which I, I taught Andrew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just going to throw that in there. Andrew learned something, but... uh <laughs> You're so proud. I forget what my point was. I got so I know, excited you're so that I remember that. Way too excited about learning Andrew on something. I, like, I sound like the meanest wife. I know, because every episode, you love to belittle me Andrew something. sucked at this. Is that Liz's new segment? What did Andrew suck at this week? Yeah, I know. This week, it was just being a husband in general. He was awful. <laughs> no, that's every week. But I... <laughs> But yeah, I think it is odd that they just, they kind of don't explain things on like the collectibles, which is, which is really weird because the collectibles are pretty important because for me, I loved, especially the lore. It, this is another thing that's really impressive with the story of Brutal Legends. They did not have to explain the whole history of this world, but they do. They actually explain like kind of how it was formed, you know, the god Ormagodon and how it became and brought metal to the world and how like the people evolved and there was titans like it's just an elaborate kind of lore it's really simple but maybe they're making it so that you could just do the game like the, the main story and you didn't have to do any of the collectibles you didn't have to so... but i thought the lore was awesome yeah i, love I know but stories. there's some people like keith who don't like stories so they're like you can delve deeper if you want to but we're not gonna like make you oh that's true yeah i mean it was i actually thought that was pretty cool that was like some of the stuff i enjoyed just because they were pretty interesting little cutscenes and because it's a 360 game running on a 1X now, I mean, there's largely no load times in the game, so that's very nice. Yeah. Oh, after our last game, it was a dream. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was just not a lot going on there. So I, I really appreciated it for that. And yeah, I, I think it was just annoying that they don't really tell you how to do it, but it's so easy to just look things up now that it only took me as long to look it up as I did because I had, you know, I had this like pride thing and I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll unlock something. And it's going to be like, hey, you learned this new song with this new song. You can do this. And then it never did. And I was like, screw this. I'm looking it up. So, yeah, I was like already almost into the second area before I even started collecting any of them. I'm pretty far <laughs> behind. But uh, Liz mentioned it a little bit earlier. You, Your character, you eventually you start to unlock solos, which end up kind of being like a quick, uh, quick time event. Very much similar to like uh, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Whenever you try to do a certain summon song, you have to hit buttons in a certain sequence. What did you guys think of the solos? I mean, they were nothing all too difficult. And if anything, it more they more just bothered me because if there'd be music going on in the background and it would just feel out of place to whatever it was. So it was just uh, yeah. noise. That's kind of what I felt too. Um, but it was it was a neat little quick time event. It just got a little tiresome, like calling my car. Like I wish I could have yes. got to a point where I was like, "All right, I've done this so many times," or I unlocked a special skill that allows me to instant summon the car. Like I didn't mind doing it for the ones that damage enemies and all that, but summoning my car, come on. I'd agree with I, that. I fully agree. That was that first was annoying me, especially because there's no it. fast travel in this game. Yeah, another issue. So this this map is it's pretty big. It's not like a Grand Theft Auto level huge kind of map, but it's True. it's pretty big open world. And yeah, you do have a car you get to travel around called the Deuce. Mm. And of course the solo is called Dropping a Deuce. And you summon your car and your car almost disappears all the time. It doesn't even die, it just disappears. So you have to keep doing a solo to summon your car. And after a while, I agree. I was just getting so annoyed. Did you go back a lot? Constantly summon your car. What do you mean? Like did you want to go back a lot? Yeah, to find collectibles. So, I mean, luckily, the car's fast. You can travel around this map pretty freely, and it's not like it takes you 15 minutes just to get to the other side of the map. It's like five tops, probably, and that's only if you go the right direction. 
Yeah. Or if you drive like Liz, it'll probably take you about a half hour. I ran into everything. <laughs> it was real bad. Yeah, but you guys think of the driving. Not great. Real bad. That's <laughs> not great. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was bad. But yeah, it's it definitely bad. not for Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did real not. bad. Is what I meant to say. <laughs> I just said it was not great, but it wasn't a driving game. It it met its purpose just fine, and honestly, it was more fun to just mount some of the animals. I because <laughs> oh, that came out real bad. <laughs> I actually even forgot you could do that. So if you stun... Of course Hetsky's first thought was about the animals and not the animals. You, you can... You stun them and then you can jump on their backs and ride them. <laughs> okay, we get what you're saying, Keith. And yeah. We're acting mature now. We're acting mature now. So, so sometimes I would use that as a method to get around as a quicker method than on foot because it was just more fun and you could attack people like the big fire breathing gorilla cats yeah i think i mean there were a lot of like racing elements or like you like something was coming after you had to you know do the course yeah well there's also the racing too yes but like the one that i'm thinking of i didn't know where to go and everything was collapsing around me and there's a lot of times that there was multiple directions and andrew's like go right go left like thank goodness you were in the room because i would have taken me all day oh my yeah. goodness i think i know exactly the one you're talking about liz and it took me about 10 tries and i was i i legitimately could not find the freaking exit and i don't yeah, know why you and it was like a window and then like it was long I, yeah. it wasn't it was it was a minute and 40 seconds i think is the total time because i ended up finding a youtube video because i was like <laughs> what the heck am i missing and it was right in front of my face. And I went, oh, okay. There it is. Which, and then that's fine. Like, how does Andrew, like, remember directions like that? Like, that's so weird. Like, he knows to take a right and then a left. A and nerd. Then a left. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, this is definitely something that kind of shows the game's age. There's no mini-map. And there's no, like, sort of, like, GPS when you're driving. And this game desperately needs one. Yeah. I, I overall love the world and its environments. But there's a lot of different paths. And yeah, it, I do agree. Like I remember back in the day when I first did that driving, it, it took me a couple tries, probably not as much as you guys, you know, but, but still, I remember being relatively difficult and it just would have been nice to have, I don't know, maybe like an arrow indicator or something to kind of point you in a way, especially too when you're going to your objective, you're constantly opening up your map to see where you need to go. You can see a giant light in the sky, which worked a good amount of times, but it didn't kind of teach you how to get there. And so I think a mini-map or just a simple arrow to kind of point you directions, I don't know if you noticed, but there actually would be, like, they were, like, leather skin, I don't know. Signs, yeah, I did notice those. Yeah, there were, like, leather skin signs on the actual screen, like, while you're driving to kind of show you where to go. But they were awful. And I actually did not realize those things were giving me a direction until the other day. Oh. And I, I already beat this game before, and I never realized those were there. I did And they don't explain that in yeah. the tutorial. Interesting, yeah, because I saw those and I didn't know, or and yeah, I just never, uh, never knew what they did. I, I just drove through them occasionally, or I didn't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, back then they had Crazy Taxi and stuff, and like that had the little arrow indicator, so it's, yeah. it's something they could have done. I think it just, I mean, maybe it's just a matter of they didn't have actual mapping on the map, but it wasn't overly difficult, and it didn't. It wasn't a bad process to just, like, quickly hit the back button and pull up the map and see where I was at. So I I didn't hate that there was no mini-map, but I definitely would have loved one. One thing that I did think was really cool, though, that I, I don't know. I'm sure you could see this in 100 games now. But for its age, when you got out of the car, there was, like, a proximity where you would hear the music or not hear the music coming from yeah. your car. And I just thought that was, like, a really cool feature. Yeah, it had directional sound. Yeah, like an attention to detail. Yeah. Andrew, I wanted to ask you, how did you feel about having to annihilate all like the, the emo people? Because you like emo music. <laughs> I used to like emo music. In high school, yes, I listened to some are you, emo music. Are you music, saying you don't listen but to But no, I also do now. like metal and hardcore music too, like... This genre I enjoy as well. Wait, you, did you like envision your like high school self? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I listen to emo music, but I would never describe myself as an emo kid. I was never somebody who had like black hair, black nails, and like goth. That never was me. 
Andrew was. I never was someone. Can you imagine? I that? didn't write poetry. That was Keith. I did not write poet. Well, no, I did not write poetry, but I did. Yeah, I I did for a period of time. Own yep. very tight girl pants. Yep. And wore very small t-shirts. Are there? Wait, are there pictures of you emo? Uh, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I didn't have the full hair thing going on because I went to a little private school and we had <laughs> rules about our hair. Only but, my brother actually did the hair. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron had the the red tips and everything, but <laughs> but yeah, there was there was a period of time that I was I was pretty full on emo. I will admit. <laughs> I still think it's crazy hey, that you guys went to private school. I don't hey, know why. <laughs> I can't picture you in private school. We were good kids. I don't mean that in a mean way. I don't I just, know what like... that means. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's in a mean way. No, yeah. I just like I don't know. I went to public school. I mean, I went to public school too. too. Andrew went to school with the heathens. I did all of it. <laughs> with the heathens? <laughs> not me. I was an upstanding child. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> but no, I mean, it didn't bother me killing emo people. But I think that is actually one thing, too, that this game does a really fantastic job with. And that is the overall just kind of environments and the dis- like the different races they have. So obviously this game is based very much off of metal, but yeah, they have the black tier people, which is, they're very much like emo. You have the twisted coil, which are kind of like these demonic twisted figures and the different environments of brutal legends is really, really cool. Cause there's a ton of crazy vistas. Like you have the screaming wall, which is literally just a giant wall made out of amps that ends up constantly doing feedback I think they just nailed the environment and the graphics of this game. And then you also have, like, the, the paradise area, the snow area. Yeah. And I felt like for how big the map was, I thought they did a really good job. I mean, it definitely, like we've said before, it's dated. The people are dated. But I feel like the expressions were so good. Yeah. And the, the, I mean, the body movement, I feel like, and the body figures were so... 360. Yeah. It's so weird. But they I lack just... texture. Like, that's the big thing is, like, there's just not a lot of depth and texture when it comes to the characters. I thought the characters' models were good. But they also look they rubbery. very well. A little bit, yeah. I mean, and that, that goes with the lack of texture. Yeah, I agree. But I, I do agree, yeah, the expressions on their face were actually really good. The eyes were a little bit weird, but only, but not in that way where it's, like, they're too realistic, but mostly just that, like, Jack Black's eyes were just weird... And overly big, I guess, but I don't know. But it works because it works for the expressions that yeah. they kept conveying. Like that's what I'm saying. Like even the worst parts of it weren't even that bad, I guess. So I I think they did a largely good. I do think it's some points like that's where I with the overall environment. It definitely you know again it's an age thing, but to a certain degree, is things within an environment started to feel very samey, and so it was easy to lose track of where you were or wanted to be. But I did like how each distinct environment was very different. Yeah. With different creatures, different fauna. Yeah. You know, different plantations. I thought there were um, some interesting design choices as well. It, mostly with the people. Like the headbangers that you get that are working in the mines. They have like these huge giant necks. Yeah. Which looks so weird. And then all of the women from the pleasure tower that are that are forced there, they have like the fair faucet hairdo. <laughs> I also think it's really weird too that like this is like different types of slavery, like really dark stuff. They don't really shed light on how awful it is. Yeah. <laughs> they just like like we're gonna rescue these people and then they like join the fight, but it's just like that's really dark. I mean, I I feel like it's actually kind of sugar coated because it's not like they actually yeah. show you. They talk about how you know, the girls are enslaved and work in the pleasure tower, but it's not like you see them. You don't see anything kind of going on. Even when you get to the pleasure tower, it's very much just kind of like an ivory tower looking thing, but you don't really get to see the kind of grotesqueness of the, you know, topics. I just think it's so weird that every girl has like the fair faucet hair. Yeah. Like I just, the design choices I thought were really interesting. I was like, who is like, oh, my ideal babe is. <laughs> <laughs> I do and like straight from the seventies. I do like that when you upgrade the headbangers in the battle, they have like giant steam pipes coming off of them and of their shoulders and everything. <laughs> they look really cool. Yeah, I mean, I I think the character designs 
the character models for the most part are very samey. Like Liz was saying, all the girls have the same kind of haircut, but I think it at least makes them distinguishable. And you kind of know what you're going against. Well, no, because then you end up fighting girls from the Pleasure Tower that are the enemies. And they're just, like, slightly different colors. It's because they're, like, the same race. Yes. So, but like, you at least can say that they're the ranged attackers. Yeah, but then well, when you're true. playing the... But then when you're playing the... with the Black Tears? The yeah. the same equivalent, which is the ranged character, is, like, that weird head with the hair that looks like yeah. a spider. So, like... That's very different than what you have on your side. So yeah, it is only when you're fighting like the own same race one. But I, I do love too that they incorporate kind of different genres of music. Like I said, you have the emo. You have very much the late 70s hair metal type music when you go against Lion White and his, you know, ridiculous hair and a lot of screaming and his tight pants. Then of course you have, you know, Jack Black's team is very much, you know, brutal metal and hardcore. So I love that each of these environments, all being very kind of different genres of metal, still fit the environment so well. And I, I absolutely love that. And I love just the vistas. I thought it was really cool, like the different statues that were around the world. I enjoyed like exploring and you actually had these, I don't know, what are they called? They're like, like binoculars sites? that you would go see. Yeah, viewing sites that you could actually zoom out and see the overall vistas. And... It's it's to me it's very impressive how they're able to create this world just based off a of genre of music. Speaking of music though, there you go. I am so impressed as to the soundtrack of this game. So this game has 107 songs and they're all like name bands that are just really popular and it the soundtrack to the to me is like absolutely top notch. So I looked it up because I've been in such a rock mood lately for, like, the past month, and I was actually kind of bummed because I guess they did try to get, like, Metallica, ACDC, one of my faves, but the licensing fees were, like, way too much, and then yeah. Iron Maiden didn't want to do it. Stupid Metallica. But Please don't sue I, us for saying that. <laughs> I looked it up, and uh, all the websites said the same thing, so I feel like this might be accurate. Some of them I did see um, from the songs that I uncovered, but I did not uncover them all. But there was Kiss, Marilyn Manson, White Snake, Motley Crue, Static X, Def Leppard, Rob Zombie, Tenacious D. Um, like I said, not 100% sure, but all the websites are like listing these people, these bands. Dang, how yeah. did they get Tenacious D for this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so like, what's impressive to me with like the voice acting and the soundtrack they have, like anyone who knows Double Fine, they're not like a triple A studio. They don't have a ton of money. I mean, the last handful of games before they were bought out by Microsoft, their games were have been funded from Kickstarters or Fig. They've always been crowdfunded. Like they're not a rich studio. But this like the fact that they did a soundtrack of hundred and seven songs, most games at this like time you got like twenty songs. A lot of rock bands, I feel like a lot of them might be gamers. Like when you're waiting to like, you know, do something and you you're like in your tour. hotel. Yeah, and when you're on tour. Oh, yeah, like, the last time I was on tour, I played so many video games. <laughs> With your but I also band. think, too, like, Jack Black has been in so many movies. He's obviously a musician. He must have a lot of connections. And I feel like once you get somebody, they might be like, oh, dude, I'm doing this awesome video game. It's rock music themed. And then also when it came out, like, 2009, I feel like rock was really, like, on the downslope. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like R&B was really big. Pop music was really big. Um, I so, think that's the joke they kind of make with at the beginning, that the, the, the band he's playing with is doing, like, rap and pop music. Yeah, because I mean, just doing like, the classics. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, I, it just, like, oh, I just love the music in this game so yeah. much. I think you got it right, Liz, is that I think Jack Black was really the centerpiece of this. I mean, obviously he is, but I think you, and I, I think it's still a, good land by them but if they couldn't have landed jack black this game wouldn't have worked there's no way they could have gotten ozzy osbourne and all of these characters together without getting jack black is like hey here's your glue here's why this all makes sense yeah and i'm sure jack black knows most of these artists too and that's probably the biggest reason that they were able to get licensing fees because metallica is a bunch of jerks so they don't like or know anybody so they were just (laughs) like yeah give us money or we won't do it yeah Whereas he actually is friends with Ozzy Osbourne, which also 2009, that was like peak Ozzy Osbourne in terms of yeah, like exactly. reality TV. Yeah. But I don't think he was, was he still like touring and stuff? No, I don't think so, but, but I he mean, was like, the Osbournes, like he was, yeah. he was popular. 
Yeah, and he was he was known for being funny at that point. So it was like perfect for him to come into a role and like be funny. See, if they came out with another brutal legend, I feel like maybe you could help get more rock music out. Because <laughs> there really isn't like what good rock band do they have now? That's like the legends of like the late sixties, seventies, eighties. I mean, Nickelback, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at those people with a graph. Oh, that Google ad with Nickelback. Yeah. Show Andrew. You guys should <laughs> oh, Google that. That's the best one. The Google ad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, another point I wanted to make though, like the fact that they have like a hundred seven sound, like a hundred seven song soundtrack. It's also what's so impressive to me too. I don't know if you you guys probably had the same difficulty as me, but it was actually very hard to finish even a song. You're not doing these massive travels like you do in like Grand Theft Auto. I felt like as you're driving, you're constantly finding a collectible, you're finding side missions, you're constantly doing these things that like I can't even get through a song. So to me, it's very surprising that they had such a large soundtrack when majority of the time I can't even listen to a single song. But I love the huge diversity of it. Because whenever you're actually doing a mission and they play a certain song, it is fantastic. Well, what's I, the one that you told me to play because you were watching me play and you wanted to play Oh, I loved Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, that one was always my jam every time I started my car. Ah, loved it. But yeah, a lot of times when you do a mission, there's generally a specific song that's playing during that mission. And they just nailed it every time. I think they did such a great job with the soundtrack. I do agree. I, I couldn't praise it more enough. Um well, it was, yeah, I mean, there's the one where I think it's, I think it's right after you meet the roadies is it's the, um, the, it's like the roadie song. It's like the roadies anthem. I can't remember the name of it. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, I am the roadsman or we are the roadsman or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it made sense. It was always fitting. Oh no. We are the road crew. That's what it was. Oh, and another thing. Keith's favorite uh, segment. Ooh. I wanted to point out one thing that is it's a small little nitpicky thing. I didn't like that when I was in the middle of a mission, I couldn't uncover something. Like, there was one of the Vista things that I could have opened up. And it said, oh, I can't do this right now. I'm on a mission. Or something along those lines. It's not verbatim. Oh, dependent on the collectible. Yeah. Like oh, you could still unlock dragons. You could still unlock the lore. Oh, because it yeah. just happened to me with that one thing. You couldn't do the Vistas, like, and I don't think you could do relics. Like I said, it's nitpicky. I mean, I was I, when the mission was over, I was right in, like near there anyways. No big deal. I just, like, you know. But then, of course, finishing this up, the next thing we want to talk about, of course, is the achievements. In which, overall, uh, as far as achievements go, this game's just very middle down the road. Nothing too hard, nothing too easy. Uh, since this is a big open world game, you're of course going to get the typical collect 100 of this, or collect all of these, collect all of that. Any funny ones? Uh, there was a couple funny ones. Which are? Uh, <laughs> nice. I know, now I need to look them up. I, I remember because you got one, Liz. Because I, unlo- I wasn't unlocking them because I already unlocked them. But there was a handful... Um, yeah, there's a couple that are pretty funny, like uh, French Kiss Instructor, because at the beginning of the story, you the girl doesn't know anything about French kissing. Ooh, uh, yeah. Chicks and booze and stuff. Uh, there was uh, one like never wielded an axe before for killing like yeah. 300 French enemies. <laughs> so yeah, the, a lot of achievements, there's a lot of achievements that are just kind of sprinkled in here and there, which I think are great. This, well, so I actually did not get a lot on this one. I think I had like 205 total points, but I think I almost beat the game. So it's just a lot of collectibles, which annoys me a little bit. But one I'm curious, Andrew, if you have, I don't know the name of it, but it's like you have to play with somebody who has that achievement to get that achievement, which I feel like was an old Xbox 360 thing that they used to yes. do a lot and they don't do a, anymore. Yeah, there was a trend in the 360 era that was very much, it, it was meant to be like a virus where you, anytime you played somebody with this achievement, you got the achievement. So, of course, it always started with the developers. The developers had the achievement, and then if they played with somebody, it gave it to somebody else, and so forth and so forth. And normally by the end, it was generally pretty easy to get these kind of achievements, but I did not get it. I only played a handful of the online multiplayer games back in the day. I don't even know. I didn't try this time around, but I don't even think the online multiplayer exists anymore. I don't know if this game supported. So, yeah, I did not have that achievement. But I at least like that the achievements were... Pretty simple. You got a good amount yeah, as you played. Cry me a river. 
<laughs> but uh yeah, overall the time to beat, if you just do the main game, it's about nine hours. I actually remember this game being a lot longer. I don't know if it's just because back in the day, nine hours to me was super long. But if you try to complete everything, you're looking at like maybe like 14 to 16 hours you have for time to complete. Yeah, I think I'm in that later part of it because I'm I still am on the I think the very last boss fight. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's I've, I've pretty much done like all of the side missions at this point. By the way, I said Crimey River because I accidentally interrupted Andrew talking because I, I saw that was one of the achievements. I thought it was a funny title. <laughs> and then I came in last. I got 110 out of uh, 1090, more than a 1,000 gamer score, um, and 8 out of 59. Keith, you're right, 205, and Andrew, 460, which I was really surprised that it wasn't higher. Yeah, well, because a good amount of the achievements are also online multiplayer stuff, so I didn't play that at all. And then, of course, collect 100%. Well, yeah, so, do overall, <clears throat> I, I think it, as an achievement hunter, it's a decent game because it's this game's not very long. You're probably not going to 1,000 it, but you can at least get quite a bit of gamer score in a relatively short time. Ooh, I will so, say, if you're out there listening to this and you do have that achievement, the the whatever the name of it is, the one you can only get from getting someone, let us know. Curious. I want to know if someone has that and Andrew doesn't and never will. Yes, I Six do have it. Six of Schaefer. Oh, Suck so... it, Keith. Oh. I do have it. Well, you I actually found you didn't. It. Well, I am still curious if anyone has it, but... So, Six Degrees of Schaefer. So, yeah, the, the joke with that is the creator, <clears throat> the uh, CEO and creator of Double Fine Studios is Tim Schaefer. So, they named the achievement after him. But I do have it, so ha! Oh. Suck on that, Keith. I got it uh, in 2010. <laughs> but uh, wrapping this up, getting to our final thoughts... I'll go first. Uh, so for me, like I said, I highly recommend Brutal Legends. This was definitely a game that could have just been half-assed. Just kind of been like, yeah, we're metal and hardcore. You know, this is our shtick by our game. But no, you could definitely tell that the creators of this game truly love the genre of music. They truly love the atmosphere of it. And they just nailed it. They nailed it with the soundtrack. They nailed it with the world building, the story. Uh, for me, the weakest parts of the game are the gameplay. I, I like the real-time strategy aspect, but the actual hacking and slashing to me is just a little stiff. It's a little dated. It's a little boring. But I at least love the characters. I think the voice acting's top-notch. I loved the car combat. So this is this to me, this game is an experience, and I highly recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm going to give it an 85. So I'll jump in, I guess, since we're just doing this a la, a la carte today. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, do. largely, I, I think you said everything that needs to be said about it. It's it's just a ton of fun. It's it's not the best game out there by any means, but it's just fun. And it's like, give it, give it a chance. And honestly, if you're not really sure about it, just focus on the actual main missions. Don't get sidetracked with all the little stuff because that's where it can get a little boring. So definitely play it, though. It's It's easy. It's fun. And if you don't like it, well, blame Andrew. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it an eighty-five as well. I think that's a good score for it. Well, I was already planning on giving it an eighty-five. I actually felt kind of wow. bad about ding, not ding, giving ding, it ding, more. Ding, for me, it really was the gameplay and it, like the choppiness that I felt with it. But everything else, I thought was fabulous. I'm, I'm man. We all just really love this game at kind of the same level. Especially for, like, I don't want to say this because it kind of, like, I don't want it to, like, cheapen, like, what I think about the game or, like, sound like I cheapen it. But, like, I feel like it's for a 360 game. Like, it's, like, it's so good. Yeah. So, for me, it's, like, I mean, if, like, this quality game came out now, I would be, like, what? <laughs> I know. I would love that they did, like, a remaster of this game. There's no way they could because they would have to get relicensing fees for all those songs. So, there's no way this game could be remade. Or I think you would never see a game of this caliber even today. Just, I feel like studios have gotten so much more greedy when it comes to licensing fees. Yeah, so. I think it just surprised me more than anything. Like, I just felt like this was going to be like a Jack, like you said, like a Jack Black, like, hey, cool, we got him. So we're just going to do a bunch of funny jokes and that's all this is going to be. But it it really was more than that. And it was just, it, it surprised me. And it was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. And it was just so unique. So, yeah. So you thought it was going to be like Crackdown with Terry Crews? Not even. I honestly thought it was just going to be like a, 
hey, like almost like Jack Black had come to them with like, hey guys, I just want to make a video game. And they were like, okay, cool. We have Jack Black. We'll, like you said, half-ass a video game and we have Jack Black and we'll throw our name behind that. So yeah, yeah I guess Terry Crews and Crackdown. Yeah. <laughs> but getting to Metacritic, 82 and 8. So I was more looking at the critics. Our fourth uh, co-host, I didn't see anything by him. but um, Yeah, this is an older game. You probably wouldn't have. But yeah, so someone who gave it an 80... Brutal Legend is a bit of a mixed bag. Though it offers its fair share of brilliance and ingenuity, it suffers from a hodgepodge of conflicting gameplay mechanics that bar its admission into gaming excellence. And one more from a critic who gave it a 60. Given the length of the game, around 12 hours or so at normal difficulty, Brutal Legends gets more tiresome the further you go on. Stage battles, the official name for the RTS sections, kill the pace, and the side missions are repetitive and boring. Somehow, all these negatives don't counterbalance an amazing artistic style. That's why I saw with a lot of the reviews. People love the artistic style. They love the music. It really was mostly the gameplay, and I saw a lot of people complaining about like the side quests and things like that, but overall, I thought that the scoring was really fair. It wasn't a lot of zeros and hundreds. It was very much, you know, like 60s to 90s. Speaking of which, I guess I want to touch base real quick on the side quest. This is one thing I think is interesting. It's an open world game. And yes, there is a side quest. But this is the first time I actually felt like you did not need to do the side quest. Yeah, you got like currency where you could learn new combos and maybe upgrade your car. But that wasn't something that was necessary. And I thought that was really cool that because anytime you play an RPG... They're always like, oh, yeah, you can beat the main game in, like, 10 hours if you just focus on the main story. It's, like, physically impossible to just focus on the main story in, like, a modern RPG because your characters could be too weak and you're not going to have really good gear. But this game, you absolutely could ignore the side quest missions. And, yeah, I think the side quest missions, they literally take, like, two minutes. It's crazy. But, yeah, I thought they were just okay. Same. But, uh, yeah. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you again so much, Joe, for recommending this game. Uh, I'm glad we got to talk about it and hit over it because I love this game. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you have a game recommendation, you can email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com or else on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. And I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me, Xbox Live, Firebird Z1952, and Twitch. I'm going to stop there so Keith doesn't yell at me again. Whoa. I was dang near record speed. I've been Keith. I don't know. I'll be here next week. And I'm Liz the Noob, gamer tag, come on, I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter, at Liz the Noob, Noob is E-W. Especially you didn't want to argue about the queen of pop I gave you. Yeah, you let that go way too quickly. I was a little disappointed, Liz. Oh, I thought I did. No, you did not. Well, coming from an emo kid, I can't really, you know. Oh, go suck a lemon. Y'all <laughs> have a good night. Bye, guys. Bye.